for the Film Pigs Podcast. The only place on the interwebs where you can hear arbitrary (laughs) opinions about movies. Nowhere else on the interwebs. No, we're our own thing. We're special. So special. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, oh, and last time we, uh, at the end of the, the podcast, we said, hey, could you post a nice thing if you think of it? And uh, literally thousands of people posted really we nice comments. our server. Yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. Thank you for the positive response. There were, there were some fatalities. At the... Yeah, it was very sad. It was ultimately tragic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the kind words. Uh, and, that, and that, what was it, Patricia on the, on the Twitter? Is that her uh, name? Oh, the 40-year-old man. That was a a a 21-year-old girl. Thank you. Uh, She said, uh, or he said, uh, I love you. And uh, that felt good. That was sweet. I like to be loved. Yeah. Um, We're going to start our podcast the way we start every podcast, with some uh, movie news. There there will be music eventually uh, (laughs) to really get you excited about the movie news. Just waiting. We just uh, don't want to be too predictable. Yeah, we. It's. Uh, I don't know what we're having technical difficulties. Oh, there it is. There it is. You want to that out, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Now I'll yeah. get right on that. Yeah, yeah. We don't want any dead air. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, movie news. We're gonna, uh, each take a turn, uh, telling, uh, a, a, a news story, a real news story from the world of movies, uh, and, and I imagine they'll be the most important movie stories, uh, uh going, going right now. Yeah. Uh, Steve Scout, why don't you, uh, start, start Um, my big, big, important movie news is that Columbia Pictures is going to remake a bonkers Japanese movie called Big Man Japan. Holy shit, that was my news story. Yeah. Um, they've optioned the remake and sequel rights to the 2007 Japanese movie Big Man Japan. And for those of you that don't know it, um, the original movie it tells the story of an accident-prone head of the Department of Monster Prevention who uses electricity to grow ten stories tall to protect the citizenry from Godzilla-sized creatures. So it sounds perfect for uh, like an American remake. Yeah, no. I, and yeah. and it's in the hands of the writers of Clash of the Titans. Oh, so it's in good hands. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I really can't... I mean, and, and it's aggravating because I actually really like that movie. I like that the person is accident prone. That's a, that's a good good job to give he's, an accident-prone person. He's actually more sad and depressed than accident Well, but he also, he's inherited the job. It's a family. Yeah, it's a family. Uh, and you, you, they, all, they have a specific gene that allows them to turn into these giant things yeah. if they're hooked up. I highly them. recommend it. It's a hilariously fun, kind of darkly comic movie. With an absolutely bonkers twenty-minute ending that that there's totally... no way the American version no, will no, have that. No, and it makes the movie. It's yeah. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Steve Falk, what do you got for us? So uh, Super Eight comes out. The uh, the PG thirteen JJ uh, Abrams Steven Spielberg produced um, monster movie. Uh, old timey ET, basically kind of an ET with the, the redo. Y-M-E, old timey. Yeah, yeah, mm. and. Uh, and I was just looking at the tracking numbers because I've always sort of, ever since I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh, this is going to fucking just blow the box office apart. And it's only tracking at like 25, 30 million opening weekend. Um, hmm. Whereas if you'll remember, like um, Hangover did, what, 125? Yeah, of course, it was a five day, huge. but still. Yeah. 
Um, it's tracking behind like Thor and X Men First Class and tracking, my tracking behind Green Lantern. And I'm just I'm sort of surprised by that. I'm wondering because this is a obviously a family friendly movie. It's, it's not so, that family friendly. It is rated PG thirteen. Yeah, but it but it's but it's sort of I mean it's as they say but it's not R and it's sort of as they say four quadrant like it's it mm. seems like it has really really broad appeal and I'm just sort of I mean Paramount's of course downplaying it like a lot of studios do mm. oh our expectations are low so they can surpass them but um, they also do that when tracking isn't as, as strong as they thought and I'm, I'm wondering mm. I'm just I just found that very. Shocking and, and I want I strange. that's interesting. I wonder if the the mystery in the marketing yeah. kept mm. so much back that nobody really knows. And, and I also wonder too because the concept of an ET esque movie was exciting to me. Mostly as a dad, you know, I could take my kids yeah. to see it, but now I can't. So that PG thirteen rating is gonna keep. Uh, a lot of what ET's audience was, I think, out of. But I kind theater. of think, um, but but parents of older kids, you know, that's Col- true. Colby's what five? Yeah. Uh, I think kids of like you know once you get into mm-hmm. like the nine year old range, yeah, nine, I think they'll be 10, willing 11. to take them. Yeah, that's true. Um, but also they don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, ET you knew what it was, mm-hmm. even right. though they didn't show you ET, you knew what it was. This movie mm-hmm. is probably a monster movie and that could keep some people away right. too because it, it, they could it's think little, well that's going to be too scary it's enigmatic and I was wondering if maybe the period aspect is is troubling to some people even though it doesn't look that period except for the camp you know that's a super, super I mean I think it could be but I think it is more kind of like the, the perception that oh this is just a monster movie Maybe I don't yeah. know. I, I I just it and to me it doesn't. Look, it looks really good. Like it looks like if I put myself like it kind of harkens back to that, and I'm kind of psyched to see it. I'm I'm I'm. I, I mean, it's hopes. J.J. Abrams, so I'm like you know based on his track record, I'm I'm very excited to see the first act of Super Eight. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I've, I'm excited to see it just because it's kind of <clears throat> cool to go see a movie where I'm not. I have no yeah. idea what it is. Well, Paramount, I, you know, they've been they've been <clears throat> keep touting how it only costs fifty million to make, so it doesn't have to do, you know, Thor numbers. So they're trying to pull like part. a District Nine with it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, well. So it, it'll make money, but I, I I think it'll do more than thirty. Yeah, we'll I, I imagine it will too. Um, my uh, story was also Big Man Japan, although I I, I read another story that said uh, David Arquette is producing a movie, and uh, he just cast his sister Patricia in it. Really? Isn't that great news? Not yeah. his sister Alexis? No, not his sister Alexis and, and not... Uh, <laughs> his new sister Alexis. Yeah, yeah it's not, not that one and not the uh, older one from the, from the 80s. Not the man one or the older one. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so, uh, moving on from movie news, that was exciting. Thanks, guys. Uh, a new segment also uh, that really drives home our originality. Never been done before, Never. unless you count the times they've done it on an Extra Hot podcast. Uh, the opening theme song for Doug Loves Movies or about a thousand stand-up comics dating back to the 80s. It is called Annoying Theater-Going Experiences. <laughs> this is the sign and scene music from last week, but... It's our revolving theme song for our revolving special segment. That's that's what. So each of us. I like that. I like that music. It's a good good. Adam Blau. Adam Blau. Adam Blau. Thank you, Adam Blau. Uh, We're each going to tell an incredibly annoying theater-going experience that we've had recently. Uh, For me, um, I went to see uh, Pirates of the Caribbean: uh, Stranger Tides. Um, Well, that's your. That I'm done. 
<laughs> no, uh, yeah, it, was, uh, so, it was the actual. Yeah. yeah. So I went to see it at the ArcLight, mm. and uh, uh, for uh, people who aren't familiar with the ArcLight, they they have very strict uh, seating policies. They do not seat people after the movie has begun. Uh, this was not the case when I saw Pirates of the Caribbean: Stranger Tides. This family of four came in, young parents. I don't know, maybe they were older brother and sister bringing their little brothers and sisters. I don't really know. But they came in about five minutes late and sat down right next to me. And the guy immediately pulled his phone out and and started texting immediately before he even looked up at the screen. And I looked over at him and I said, you're going to turn that phone off, aren't you? And here is what he said to me. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't really bother you, does it? <laughs> I was like, what, what do you think? I'm pulling rank? I'm being a dick because of the rules and I'm using them against you? No, it's fucking annoying. That's why there is a rule. Did you see the Alamo Draft House thing mm. from Austin yesterday? No. The Alamo Draft House is, a, is a, a small little uh, theater where you can have beer and, you know, it's, it, they do a lot of cool stuff. They do, they do, um, Kevin Smith does like a screening and Robert Rodriguez yeah. does a film festival there every year. Really cool theater. It's in, all, it's in Austin. Right? In Austin. Yeah. And they have a strict no texting and, and they play, they, so they did a little YouTube thing where um, they played a voicemail that this like total white trash woman left after having been kicked out uh, for texting. And it's hysterical. It's full of like grammatical errors. And she's just so like, how dare you kick me out for texting? It's you have to check it out. It's really I can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, you can find it. On YouTube. Uh, so, so I'm. I, I don't have one big story, but I have four tiny ones, and I'll just list them off. Um, uh, this is just going. I was trying to go through my history of movie-going experiences. Um, uh, the first ten minutes of a movie was uh, was ruined by a patron and an usher in a screaming fight. The guy <laughs> wouldn't leave the audience, and the, the usher couldn't get him out until everyone just kind of grabbed him and kicked him out. Um, when I was a kid. Uh, one of my friends was working at a theater, and he caught a guy masturbating in space camp. Um, <laughs> oh, but to, you know, to be honest, who hasn't done that? Um, uh, when I went, someone brought a baby to the Matrix, a screaming baby. Oh god! And we just kept saying, "There's no babies in the Matrix." And uh, one time, I went to a movie theater. It was like three people in the entire theater, and a um, like a middle-aged woman came and sat down next to me. And asked for some of my red vines. <laughs> wow, that's that's also creepy. Yeah, it's yeah, very creepy. that's very creepy. That's like I only I only have one because I didn't have anything recent because it's all it's all just like people talking on phones and texting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that always sticks is stuck in my head for years was uh, many many moons ago. I went to see the Martin Scorsese picture Casino at Universal City Walk. Your mistake again. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah. You go there. Yeah. You have to expect. Well, I was actually, I was actually working at the time there, so I, think oh, I got like free right. movie passes. Right, right. Um, but uh, and this was like like a nine or ten o'clock showing, so it was like late at night, and watching the movie and thinking it's not Marty's best, but uh, get to the part, um, <clears throat> the really horrible baseball bat scene, mm-hmm. um, where was it like. Pesci's beaten to death, basically. Is it Pesci that gets beaten to death? Or yeah, it, yeah. Or does he yeah, beat somebody yeah, yeah. to death? Well, so, well he squeezes tell. somebody's head in, in the vice. Yeah, in the vice. But then, but he, then gets, he gets... Yeah, he yeah, he's, when he gets beaten to death with the bat. Casino's actually a pretty good movie. Anyway, uh, go ahead. It's, it's not his best. I didn't say it was bad. It, it's... Yeah. Um, but uh, at, at that point, about a minute into that extended sequence, there's like behind me a baby started crying. 
and I turned around and <laughs> saw an entire family of husband, wife, wife holding the baby, and like two, like like nine, seven, and nine year old <sighs> kids. Um, while uh, there's this horrible baseball bat, and the parents were just like, eh. Yeah, that's the same thing happened to us when we went to the Bad Lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans when when Nick Cage is forcing that chick to fuck him and the boyfriend to watch with the gun. Oh, and we right. were all like, yeah, this is yeah. off the hook. And then we all turned around. There was a two-year-old girl yeah. just I mean, wandering that's around. More, that's more just speaks to the fact that not that some people are assholes in movies, which obviously there are, but <clears throat> some people just shouldn't be parents. Like these people, really, yeah. these people who were just indicted for uh, going to a strip club and leaving their baby in uh, in a ninety degree car. Oh yeah. Jesus! Christ. While they're in the strip yeah. club, it's... those should just be like questions you have to ask before you can. You, you can, can have, have sex without yeah. a condom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, tri- is this a trick question? The, the, this is another really mm. quick story, and this isn't actually about theater patrons. This is the theater itself. This is ArcLight Sherman Oaks, which is starting to really go downhill, I think. But I saw The Hangover Two the other day. Which has, uh, uh, we were invited by friends and we went. And, uh, Horrible? Pretty much, yeah. Yep. It's, I mean, it, it it's mean spirited. It's got some good bits in it. Um, monkeys are funny, but it's it is. Yeah, I mean, everything the critics say about it, it's a retread, complete carbon copy. Retread. But it's a lot, it's a lot more mean spirited and kind of uglier than so the, the first same, one. It's very but strange. Meaner. But it does have some good bits here and there. Um, it's all right, but but. The thing that was funny is throughout the throughout the movie they keep there's a recurring motif of the power constantly going out in Bangkok, and <clears throat> that's a big part of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, during the the credit sequence with the photographs that finally mm. explain everything, in the middle of it, it started flickering, and then the power went out in the theater. And I actually thought to myself, "Holy shit! Now that's clever." <laughs> And then I got up and realized, no, it wasn't clever. The power actually just went out. It's the just theater. the disinterested teenagers running <laughs> yeah. arc light or asleep. And at the no, wheel. we got no apology, nothing. <laughs> it was just okay. It's over. Get out. And it was like, and which sucks because if you cared at that point uh, how mm. things happened, there's yeah, a whole swath it, yeah. of stuff that we don't understand. I had the power go out when I saw Dogma. Like, at the last five minutes of the movie, right before Alanis Morissette revealed herself as God, apparently, because <laughs> I heard that later, and they gave us our money back. So I got to see, I got my money back. I got to see that shit movie for free, but then I got my money back. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Well, at least you yeah. got your money back. I though, should have so. demanded my money back. Um, so that's uh, Annoying Theater Growing Experiences. Thanks yeah. for listening to that uh, new segment. Now, uh, this week, uh, our theme uh, is uh, Chick Flicks. Flicks for the chicks. Um, and uh, the reason why I, I wanted to do chick flicks, of course, is because of Bridesmaids and the success of it. And and, 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 and I do actually think that's very exciting. Um, and I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, chick flicks. And, uh, and, and, and let me preface this by saying I'm very lucky to have a wife who, uh, like me, doesn't enjoy chick flicks. She would rather see, you know, Rambo and, and horror movies than go to see chick flicks. So I, I, I'm, I'm lucky uh, there. But I was thinking, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about Bridesmaids because for me, Bridesmaids, I, I, I didn't quite click with the movie. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's a bad movie. I'm not saying it's not funny. It just wasn't for me. And I think the reason it wasn't for me is because it is a chick flick. Um, and what I was excited about the, the, the marketing campaign of Bridesmaids, for one, it was kind of clever because it guilted me into seeing it. <laughs> 
because a lot of uh, critics uh, kept saying, you know, it, this is and the studios backed this up with their marketing and the and the PR and all that nonsense. Kept saying this is a very important movie because movies with an all female ensemble cast that's an R rated comedy they don't get made very often. So it's very important that everybody go see this. So they keep making movies like it, it. was like a capitalized very important movie. Right, it really was. And I didn't initially when I first saw the trailer for it, I didn't really want to see it because it looked like. To me, like a standard studio comedy, which I, you know, normally don't really respond to. I stay away from comedies these days, especially studio comedies. Um, but except for Hangover Two, right? Well, that yeah, there's, there's extenuating circumstances. Well, it, was, there. it was a Friends. It, it was, yeah, well, it was, right. It was right. people thing. invited you. It was a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, who don't normally? Never mind. Was it Obama? I'm not going to defend. <laughs> Did Obama invite you? I'm not. Yeah, Obama invited me. Special screening at the White House. It was weird because Weiner was involved, and it yeah. was just uh, awkward. Um, but because of the marketing and because of the reviews and and the things written about it and the import uh, of the movie, I actually got excited about seeing it. Um, mostly because a, a number of people said this isn't just an important movie. It's also really, really funny. But I didn't find that when I watched it. And, and there, there was a number of reasons. And I think a lot of them are, are, are chick flick trappings that I don't really enjoy. And, and for example, I think a lot of <clears throat> chick flicks, and it's not all chick flicks, but usually when studios are doing their, you know, color by numbers movies and their chicks, there's stereotypes they play into that I, I guess women respond to, um, but I, I, I don't. Um, and, and I thought Bridesmaids was guilty of this on, on certain levels. Um, the, while I liked the idea of a, a woman who's, who hasn't found any kind of success in her life watching her best friend become successful, I mean, that's a fun thing to play with. I felt it, it leaned so much on that. It, it, it kind of played up that stereotype that, you know, women, all they really care about is money and their stance in society. And, uh, and, and then there, there were other kind of lady stereotypes where women are just awful to each other if they're close friends. And, and, uh, and then there was a number of things where they, they were talking about sex and it, it just it made it sound sex is just something that women have to put up with, which is, I think is another stereotype that gets played to death. And I don't, I don't like it. And I might just be lucky that I've surrounded myself with women who aren't catty and awful to each other, no matter who's succeeding and who's not. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've met a lot of women who seem to actually, I mean, maybe they're all just really good actresses and I've been fooled, but they actually seem to enjoy sex. Um, do you, do you know what I'm talking about in, in the movie? Am I making sense or not at this point? Uh, I'm not sure about the sex thing, but it's none of our business. Mm, mm, mm. Well, specifically the bit I'm talking about in the movie is their Kristen Wiig and, and the, uh, John Hamm. No, not John Hamm. Her best friend uh, in real Elvira life. And, yeah, they're t they're talking about blowjobs, and it, oh. you know she's like, yeah. Sometimes it, you know they just always put it near your face, so you know you just suck on it. And it, and that I know it was a bit, but I was like, yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't think it was that funny, you know. Um, and and there was a lot. I mean, and also the other thing about the movie was, and I think this is ultimately because. 
chick movies still get made by men and this movie while there was definitely a huge female influence obviously in the writing and stuff it was directed by a man it was produced by a man and one of the things that i read about it that was interesting to me is they had originally written a much smaller less goofy movie a more intimate movie which is probably the movie i would have enjoyed more yeah, but right. the oh, the big set comic set pieces were layered onto it mm -hmm. by you know the apatow factory and i so maybe it's more it's it's not so much that i don't like chick flicks maybe it's just that they don't get made by chicks i don't know um but so it had all these tropes of chick flicks and and i know I mean, the theater-going experience I had was, and I, it was a full theater. I know you're supposed to see these movies with full theaters, so, you you know, you're influenced by the audience. The audience I saw was kind of lukewarm, as I was, as far as the audible laughs. And one thing that I noticed throughout the thing is men were constantly leaving and going to the bathroom or getting snacks. So there was a constant flow of males going in and out of the movie theater. And that and, and I was wound up being one of them. Because at a certain point I was like, this is really long and I need to go take a break. Um, and, th and, that, and that was my bridesmaid's experience. Now, I think, yes, it is important. And I would love to see more movies, you know, with women and about women that aren't so um, stereotyped and kind of... I don't know, just they, it doesn't feel real. It's you, you Steve Falk turned me on to uh, the British show Pulling, the TV right, show. Yeah. And I, I watched a couple episodes of that. And if Bridesmaids had been that, yeah. I, I would have been super happy. Yeah. Because, I mean, that show's really funny. And I think the reason it is funny is because, uh, and, and, it, and it is women with lots of problems and behaving poorly. Uh, but it also in that show, they're not necessarily behaving poorly to each other. Um, another thing that happened in bridesmaids is so much of what they're worried about is being validated by men. You know what I mean? And Kristen Wiig wants to hook, you know, wants to hook up with the cop and she's got the thing going with John Hamm and all that. And she's jealous of her friend getting married because her friend's getting married to a man who doesn't talk throughout the whole movie, but she's validated by that. And, um, it, it, it pulling's great because it doesn't have that. It's just women and they have relationships with men, but there, it's not about validating. It's just about finding your way through life. And yeah, everybody wants romance and stuff, but it's not necessarily about, that validation, which I think is a stereotype that gets played too much as far as women in, in movies are concerned. And, and again, I mean, I know it's a big studio movie and it plays to a broader audience that isn't me. And, and that's cool. Cause I, you know, I don't like the, the guy comedies either. Generally the man child comedies that get made. I don't like that stereotype very much. Um, so I, I guess my critique of Bridesmaids, I, you know, I want to make about chick flicks in general and why, I, you know, I just, I don't relate to them and I don't go. And I, and I think it's okay to make these movies. I, I just, I, I don't want to be guilted into seeing them anymore because I don't, I don't uh, enjoy them. And then that's why I don't enjoy chick flicks. So what, what's your guys feeling about the, the chick flick in the realm of studios? Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's as a genre, it's an interesting genre for us to talk about because for the most part, you know, we're disconnected from it. But it, I mean, it's a it's 
another type of film that is like just as justifiable as a horror movie or a, you know a buddy cop movie or the type of stuff that we usually watch um and you know there's different types of chick flicks like bridesmaids is more the large broad studio comedy but there's also the whole subset of kind of like you know more uh more romantic comedy chick flicky mm-hmm. uh you know type of type of movie where it is is kind of like always is kind of the sappy back and forth love story um, right that that is that that is that is like a legitimate genre uh of of film but it's something that that you know at least i don't usually connect to right well i mean and i guess uh, you know the 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 real question i have here is why is bridesmaids so important because there are plenty of uh quote-unquote chick flicks made and that come out all the time usually they're romantic comedies i guess and this one is 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 not a, a romantic comedy. It's about girlfriend. I, mean, I just think it's it's a um, it's a financial thing. I mean, I, I think you know Universal gave um, a completely untested star her own movie. Right. And um, you know Paul Feig's directed uh, I think a couple movies, but he hasn't directed that much. And you know um, I think it just they had a lot of writing on it from that point of view. There was no sort of big selling point in, in actor terms. And so I think it took on the mantle of this import, but it, it was, it's sort of a false mantle. I mean, I think, I think uh, chick flick is, it's very, very different. I almost don't even really think of this as a chick flick because chick flick is so, has so been, um, I mean, how many females direct chick flicks? Not many. I mean, if you look at... There's so few female, female directors. Yeah, yeah, it's in general, yeah. And in general, they tend to do different things. I mean, you know, like Lisa Cholodenko could be seen as... I mean, she's a female director and she does like like chick flick mu- movies, but they aren't big studio. I mean, I think it's the different... What we're talking about here is a big studio comedy. And that is rare. What, The Sweetest Thing? That was one. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the flight the stewardess one but they threw Mike, Mike Myers into most of the um, ad campaigns uh, I can't remember what which the, one what was that one. that was uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and oh whatever and yeah. um, but just aren't a lot and so I think yeah. I think it sort of unfairly took on this mantle well like anything like I mentioned last year first or last uh, episode first wives club took on this mantle of comedy for older older ladies right right. or nancy myers movies certainly like something has got to give has has taken that role right um but i i I don't know i i sort of think 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 like the i the 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 stuff about pertaining to men is a little bit of a flawed flawed logic just because you know we relate to the opposite sex and it, it, and it really wasn't all about getting the man. The man was sort of a sub-story, and it was really a story about friendship. I'm not saying it was a, a right. wholly successful movie. I actually didn't love it at all. Uh, I, I liked it. I thought it had amusing bits. But, um, but you know, I, I, I thought it had flaws that more had to do with a first-time screenwriter um, mixed in with a sort of grown hacky male screenwriter mm-hmm. or producer who mm-hmm. obviously had a heavy hand in the in the later stages of crafting the movie. Um, I'm talking about Apatow, not Fig. But um, rather than... I, I just sort of don't think the movie is should be fairly... 
I don't think it, it should stand for what it stand what it's been made to stand for. Right. It what? shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been the big deal. But I. But I don't. But, but also, do you think like you know like like you'd mentioned like the original version of the script was more a stripped down uh, yeah, more no character one, oriented no one comedy? Would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have played because it right. didn't have trailer moments. Right. But that's. But what I'm saying is, is like in terms of like blowing it up into something it really wasn't. To attempt to make it this big kind of tentpole comedy. Well, but but I mean, if you take if you try to take the um, studios marketing departments to task, I think that's sort of an empty fight. Um, because honestly, in this case, I think the mantle of big important movie you have to go see it was really taken up by kind of the blogosphere and kind of mm-hmm. the media. Yeah. Rather than I I, I don't remember. I mean, I don't think the ads were like. You see this, or we'll never make another movie again. No, no, no. But it, I mean, uh, it, it wasn't the ads themselves, but they did capitalize on it. You know, sure. when they talked about. But it. I was, I was sort of guilted into seeing it. I mean, I like yeah. Kristen Wiig, but I, but it, it's not really for me. It wasn't really about not a, a woman starring in this movie. It was more about I see her every fucking week on SNL. I've actually kind of grown tired of her. And mm. now she's in a movie. Right. Um, I don't really want to see it that much. You know, just like as if, you know, someone from any sitcom that I enjoy, if, um, what, Steve Carell. Yeah. When he's in a movie, I don't get that excited because I get to see him well, and also every the, week for the, free. The movies he's made have been terrible. Well, well sure, I mean, but it's more, it's yeah. more, the, for me, it was more that problem. Like, I yeah. didn't, I did, but I did feel a little it's pressured. Fatigue of the, I did uh, feel sort of pressured into seeing it. And I saw it. There was, just to be completely honest, probably 40 to 45% of me, the reason I saw it was that I felt I had, on opening weekend, was I felt I had to support right. Chick Flicks. Whether it's a false false assumption or not, but I'm happy to donate my money. I love seeing movies. I don't give a shit. Most of the big studio movies I see suck anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather see a bunch of women suck. And I, I don't think it sucked. I just think it was kind of like, eh. It was kind of on par with studio comedies that I see these days. Which I think is is a pretty weak genre in general right now. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I mean, that was my biggest thing. And I was it. glad to see one that what it actually wasn't about the man. It wasn't how do I get this man for two hours. Oh no, that's true. I, I mean, that's that, what, so so that. I, I don't yeah. so I would I actually think that's a false presumption to talk about the the, the I want to get this man thing. I think it just happened to have a love story involved. And well, I, I mean, actually, I, I, my argument was that she was jealous of. Yeah, but the friend, right, because but her a, friend had gotten a man. And I, I don't and think it was money about money and success and all that. But it, well, it, it, she didn't. She no, was, but she it, didn't have financial success. She didn't have a man. Her jealousy wasn't about that. Her jealousy was about that she picked a new best friend. Right, right, right. Uh, it wasn't actually about. I don't think it was about the materialistic thing. Well, I, I there think was, she, there, she behaved incredibly poorly. I, I mean, one of my biggest complaints about the movie is I think she was kind of a shithead, and at a certain point, she became really hard to sympathize with. Because she fucking ruined her friend's uh, uh, bachelorette party, and she ruined her friend's engagement party. Right. She well, was just a shitty person. Well, but that, but that, that's and that's, the, that's the difference between like like a large like broad like studio comedy like that and something like Pulling, which is characters that have terrible flaws, which cause them to do, you know, ultimately kind of shitty things. But the characters are like desperately trying to avoid doing that. And that's where a lot of the comedy is. See, trying, I, I, but I actually kind of disagree. I don't think I, I, I don't think indicting these characters for being assholes. Um, I don't think you can then look at pulling and saying they don't because 
Um, the the one girl will fucking do anything. He's a raging narcissist and is horrible. And the 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 chubbier one is all about a man. That's actually all she wants. Her character, she so has no self esteem that she sits and waits for her roommate to finish fucking this guy mm-hmm. so she can maybe have a date with him. Right, right. And sits and listens to them fuck. Hopefully, I mean that's. That's the the de- that's the definition of desperation. I just think that you didn't you didn't react to it the same way because it was just funnier. It was just done better. Well, it's that, funnier, but true. it's also it's like as you watch the whole series, they 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 are constantly desperately trying to work against their own flaws. Sure. And and that's something that like in and this is not limited to this is not limited to. You know, you know, women in big comedies this is even like just general Hollywood big comedies. That's not that's not how the characters generally operate. They don't operate in a more in a human fashion. They I, operate I I think also in a yeah. bit to bit fashion. The other thing I'm I'm sort of getting at with the with the, the female stereotype thing in regard to bridesmaids. You know, they they kept saying this isn't the Hangover. This isn't the Hangover with women. And uh, I think ultimately I would have preferred that because. Um, even though in The Hangover, you know, there's tension mostly with the, the guys that are saddled with the, the crazy man child they're saddled with in the movie and there's tension, they get aggravated with him. It, it, mostly the movie is about men behaving badly together. You know, it's men behaving badly against the world versus in, in this movie and in a lot of movies with women, the, the, they're behaving badly towards each other. And and I got uh, par, I guess part of my disappointment was I wanted that I wanted uh, I wanted to see women you know which is part of the thing I respond to in, in pulling I wanted to see women behaving badly together getting into fucking trouble together not uh, interpersonal in fighting with each other I I, I told that that makes a lot of sense I also know that it's a sad fact that a lot of women are really shitty to each other. Well, like I say, and, I, I, I'm sure it's a stereotype for a reason, but I, I, I just, I guess I, I yeah, it would, for, for me, it wasn't that fun. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I get that. Yeah. I get that point. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's real. And, and yeah, we live in, uh, you know, an age of man children too. So there's a certain reality. But once again, I'd, ra- I'd rather see a flawed ensemble female comedy any day than another Kate Hudson bride movie. Uh, you I know, mean, right? I, but I but see, that's the thing. Is like, but we've been point? spending most of this like chick flick subject talking about bridesmaids, mm-hmm. which is a very small subset of yeah, exactly. chick flick. Very small. And it's, right. it's it's like minuscule compared to actual chick flicks, which is mostly like kind of the more the Kate Hudson, the 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 man woman romance, the you know the dance around the finding true love, yeah. um, kind of thing, or the fighting yeah. for the the right bridal yeah. Uh, setting. Yeah, yeah, or just yeah, but 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 it's but it's I mean it's usually focused on you know either either well either either the relationship with the man or or the woman like you know reclaiming her life. Oh, how do I balance? How does yeah, she do how it do all? Yeah, how do I do that? And that's you know what I I don't know. That's yeah. I'd, ra- whole other, I'd rather see chicks infighting than chicks like trying to get Ray Fiennes for two hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that that's that's a solid point too. I I just I wonder if there would be more uh, crossover appeal, appeal in general. If I mean maybe bridesmaids is just a nice 
stepping stone in an evolution of movies with women and let's about hope, women. Let's hope it is. That, I mean, that, yeah, that I, I think, and I think uh, a flawed stepping stone, but if it does have any lasting import, um, it hopefully will be that. And I think the very fact that it made its cross a hundred million dollar domestic mark. Yeah. Um, leads me to believe that there will be more. And so hopefully they'll be better and, um, and, and re- really more, more female driven. I mean, hopefully they'll be fucking directed by a woman. That'd be great. I, I, yeah. And I think that the more honest they are too, uh, the more cro- crossover appeal it will have. Yeah, you but, know what you, I mean. But uh, I, you know, I, 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 but I thought this was fairly honest. I, I like the low key nature of a lot of it. I, I just thought it had story problems that has nothing to do with the maleness or femaleness of it. I just think it was not a it's great more, screenplay. More the, the studioness it just, of it. No, yeah. no, the amateurish writing of it. I just think I just think it wasn't that well written. Wasn't that well structured out. Yeah. But that's you know I could say that of so many movies, right? But I mean, but do you, but do you think that is a, like a pure function of the script, or is that a or is that a function of the studio wanting to carve it into this particular type of like big blockbuster comedy? For me, from the the problems I had with it were more scripted, just more basic structure, Ma- basic structure, yeah. yeah. That's all. What good solid points. Good subject. That's uh, that's chick flicks, and now uh, we're going mm. to uh, the courtroom. Mm. Time to hit the courtroom. So exciting. This is uh, where we put a a movie professional, uh, a famous, uh, successful movie professional, on trial for crimes against cinema. And the jury will decide whether or not to send him to the Robert De Niro Maximum Security Prison, which also has a minimum security wing and a drunk tank. Uh, Steven Skelton, who is on trial this week? Well, uh, since this week we've been uh, talking about chick flicks. All rise. Uh, all, all, all rise. Your Honor, if it please the court, mm-hmm. I accuse Catherine Heigl of crimes against cinema. <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> Moving on. Now, what's on the docket next? <laughs> but I prepared all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Maybe instead no. of saying why we should indict her, you should say why she was ever good in the world. <laughs> Maybe that's what you should spend your time. You should try to be the defense attorney. Yeah, I should do. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an it's an interesting way to uh, approach a you know a legal system. <laughs> um, but I had a lot of choices. Um, yeah, I looked at Anne Hathaway, Kate Hudson, etc. Um, but uh, Heigl stood out as Hathaway needing, shows her boobs yeah. a lot. Heigl stood out as needing movie jail time um, simply because of like her um, her general behavior as a star. Mm-hmm. She's shown um, a early onset uh, Sheen syndrome in in kind of her in kind of her in kind of her uh, self aggrandizing uh, behavior. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and on a personal level, I really feel that she squandered the great honor she was given uh, starring in a Steven Seagal movie. I agree. Uh, what movie? Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. She was uh, his uh, niece, uh, yes. Sarah, Sarah Ryback. Yeah. Did she show her boobs in that, or was that yeah, Eric Delaney? Oh, she's she's underage in that. Sorry. I don't think there are any boobs. I think Eric Bogosian shows his boobs in that. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but bas- basically, like, Heigl, like, up until her like breakout success through like, Grey's Anatomy and then uh, Knocked Up, I mean, she was just essentially like a hardworking, pretty bomb type. Yeah. Um, that you know nobody like cared when about. I worked. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's yeah. My um, you lost a lot of roles to Catherine Hyde, uh, I believe. Fuck that uh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but basically, but like after you know she won the Emmy for Grey's Anatomy. Um, you which, had to research that, didn't you? I did. I, yeah. Uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. Okay. Like, okay. Supporting. Right. Yeah. Uh, who knew? Um, uh, well, because what's her name is the yeah, is the, the lead the of that. Cry, the squinny. The cry, the cry squinny. Cry squinny. Cry squinny. Cry squinny. Um, and, then, and then the huge uh, knocked up hit. Then she just started shitting where she ate, like inexplicably. And that's kind of where she the sheenism kind yeah. of started to and really... like they put her in a coma for a lot yeah. of the season yeah and then to yeah. punish her well that's yeah that's because basically it's um the uh the following year is when she made the big deal out of withdrawing her name from emmy consideration yeah. because what a cunt move but, i mean no, seriously no but it's horrible. Well, and it's and it's like and not by taking the high road approach by saying I've already won and a fellow cast member is in the running as well and I I want to give her the chance. She could have done that. Instead, she said, "Quote: I did not feel that I was given the material this season to warrant an Emmy nomination, and in an effort to maintain the integrity of the Academy organization, I withdrew my name from contention. In addition, I did not want to potentially take away an opportunity from an actress who was given such materials. Guilty. Basically, just basically just saying, yeah, the the writing staff sucks, um, and they didn't write good yeah, enough. Yeah, she got in a chair. lot of yeah. fucking trouble for saying um, that. And I note in in her statement, I note there are four eyes in that statement. Yeah. Um, and then. After Knocked Up, she did the same thing when started uh, uh, shitting on Knocked Up after it was a huge, like, $150 million success. And um, made her a movie star. Yeah, and, and didn't make her a movie star. It made her a multi-million dollar movie star. Right. Knocked Up, she got $300,000 for that role. Wow. Her very next movie, um, which was... Bride something. Uh, 27 Dresses. Oh, sure. Six million. Holy that shit. That was her pay jump. I saw that movie. That was... <laughs> How was it? Uh, twenty-seven types of horrible. <laughs> but she said she she said and there are twenty-seven dresses in the movie. Oh God! <laughs> she said of uh, of uh, knocked up. It paints the women as shrews, as humorless and uptight, and it paints the men as lovable, goofy, fun-loving guys. It exaggerated the characters, and I had a hard time with it on some days. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing such a bitch. Why is she being such a killjoy? Why is this how you're portraying women? Ninety-eight percent of the time, it was an amazing experience. But it was hard for me to love the movie. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. Did she not get to read the script before she showed up for principal photography? Jesus. You know, and the, that, that complaining would have had some integrity to it if she had declined taking the movie role for those reasons. Right. But instead, she took the money, did right. the movie, took the success, right. and then acted Shit like an up, asshole yeah. about it. Um, and so, uh, so here's the thing though, is why she needs to go to jail. What does she do after all of the wailing about bad writing and two dimensional portrayals of women? She starts making belabored rom-coms one, just one after the other and really like making a shitload of money at it too. Mm -hmm. Um, cause she, she jumped from 6 million to 12 million. So I think now like she's up to like 16 million a picture. It's a lot. She's making a lot of fucking money. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what she made, uh, uh, yeah, the la- Life as We Know It with Josh, do you know, mm-hmm. uh, 12 million, Killers with, uh, Ashton Kutcher, 12 million. Jesus. Uh, 12 million? 12 million. What kind, what fucking retard paid her that, I'm yeah. sorry, I shouldn't say retard, but no, no, it's what not. fucking idiot paid that? No, and, and so, it, you know, I mean, at least like, you know, like an Anne Hathaway, she actually has kind of a, if you look at actually her resume, it's got some 
breadth on it. And shows her boobs. And she shows her boobs. Um, but, you know, and, you know, she's going to be Catwoman, the new Catwoman. So, oh, nice. you know, at least there's that. Um, and, you know, and, you know, Kate Hudson makes a horror flick once in a while. So, you know, oh, wow. whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but Kate Hudson it seems to just be like, yeah, this is what I do. Kate Hudson's horrible. Yeah, but, but she's not... A pain in the ass about it. Yeah, right. she's not she's pretentious. Just, this is what I do. She's yeah. not pretentious. Um, so, uh, out at the so basically, no, like, like Heigl's implication that you're not seeing how good I am because of the material I'm getting yeah. is such bullshit. Because especially now, because she's in the position, because she, I mean, she has her own production company that all of her projects filter through now. So she is. A, she's in a position to dictate the type of material she gets now. Right. Um, so she needs to go away. I think maximum security until she either one takes some kind of real fucking risk as an actor, um, and you know puts her reputation and production company and her salary behind finding a good script that she approves of right. to do, or just stop, you know, I mouthing think. off and just saying, you know what, I'm doing this for the money now because all I want is the money. I mean, that's the thing. I I don't fault her for feeling those things about knocked out. Mm-hmm. I fault her for saying them. Exactly. It's unprofessional. Yeah. It's um it's a dumb career move. And well, it clearly it, hasn't hurt her career. And it's not classy. Yeah. But at all. But again, it's it it's a it's it's this it's this kind of like very sim- low simmerings of Charlie Sheen, like amazing narcissism. Yeah, amazing narcissism. Um that uh that is like, look, I'm so good and I just haven't gotten good material. Here's the thing, I, I would sort of invalidate this um this nomination because we sort of said that it had to be someone who once did good. If I didn't like Knocked Up, and not particularly the movie, I actually liked her in it. I mm-hmm. thought she was really charming in it. I'd never seen Grey's Anatomy, and I hadn't heard any of the cunty things. So, actually, I know a lot of people hate that movie. I actually thought it was kind of cute, and I thought she particularly was really likable in it. Um, and she's done nothing of uh, any value since. I, I I agree. I did like Knocked Up. I mean, I, I thought it was flawed and too long, but I liked a lot of it. Yeah, but it was it was, it was okay. It wasn't. You I thought know, she had, was really good. good. It was yeah. really, really uh, she was just cute. Amazing. I thought yeah. she was really cute. Yeah. And and I mean, yeah, it was fucking unbelievable as hell. Oh yeah. But you know, but cute. Yeah. I uh, I had a scab and I just picked at it and now I'm bleeding. So, all right. so is that We're, the verdict? I feel really lightheaded. We're having a medical uh, issue. <laughs> I feel really lightheaded. But uh, I, I say, uh, I say guilty. I do too. I say maximum security. Gen pop. Gen pop. Catherine Heigl, you are now remanded to maximum security in the Robert De Niro Federal Penitentiary for Crimes Against Cinema. We will revisit your case at a later date when you do something of worth. Blah. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's about it. That's okay. it. What's next? Oh my god. It is the Nick Cage Memorial Line Reading. Where each podcast, someone picks, finds, searches out, and finds a line from a movie, a line of dialogue from a movie that is done like this. It's bizarre, bizarre <laughs> line. And it sounds like kind of like something Nick Cage would do. And this week, Steve Falk has a has a has a has a line for us. So this is uh, this is sort of a, a famous bad line, um, and. Uh, uh, 
it's um, it's really bizarre. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's both bad and bizarre. It sounds like it's going to fit right in. Yeah, it should work. So we'd say it's a, a gentleman uh, named um, Ryan O'Neill. Don't know him. Never heard never of him. Heard no, of him. Never heard of him. He's not a very good actor. And it's from a... Uh... <laughs> well, he's not. I, 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 uh... Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but uh, it, it's from a Norman Mailer movie. Oh, Christ. Uh, <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, from the uh, from the uh, 70s. I believe it's called Tough Guys Don't Dance. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tough Guys Don't Dance. And so in it, uh, he is, he's uh, on the, standing on the beach reading a letter from his, oh, um, oh, from oh, his lover. And, um, and there's a, a voiceover of the uh, woman that you'll hear first. And then Ryan O'Neill takes over with all of his... Um, and the, the camera is swirling around yeah, him it's swir- uh, it's very as he's swirling. doing his line. My husband is having an affair with your wife. I don't think we should talk about it. Does your pet kill her? Oh, man. <laughs> that oh, sounds like good. someone jokingly looped that and put it in a hip hop song. I'm so it? mad I didn't think of that. Oh God! Oh man! Oh God! Oh, God. oh man! Oh God! Oh man! I uh, I tried desperately in vain to um, rip the uh, Chris Klein um, audition for Mamma Mia, <laughs> even though it doesn't quite count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as being because it's an audition, but. Um, but it's so fucking good. So maybe I'll play it someday. Yeah. But um, instead we get Ryan O'Neill, who's a crazy person. Nice job. Well done. That was exciting. Yeah. Thank you very much. Moving on. It's a direct-to-video corner with Tom Slingog, who's currently bleeding to death from the neck. You shouldn't pick at your neck. I know. I shouldn't have done that. It was itchy. I'm a vampire. Yes, you're I'm a, a vampire. vampire. No, I'm a vampire victim. You have only yourself to blame. Yeah. Well, uh, now you're a vampire. It was itchy. The bug that bit me, whatever it was. Uh, so, uh, this week on Direct Video Corner, since we were doing chick flicks, uh, I decided to go in the opposite direction and, and inject some testosterone back into this bullshit. Uh, I've got two uh, crime thrillers, straight-to-video crime thrillers, the first uh, of which is called Street Kings 2. Uh, it's a sequel to Even the... Even more Street Kings? <laughs> Street King here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sequel. It's a sequel to that uh, Crooked Cop movie with uh, Keanu Reeves. Sure. I would watch uh, a movie just called Crooked Cop movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, was uh, that Ethan Hawke? Uh, no, that was, no it was Keanu and Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Brooklyn's fine. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this one does not have Keanu Reeves, uh, who's not doing straight-to-video movies yet, sadly. Uh, but it's got, uh, one of the kids from the movie The Faculty, who still, uh, looks, uh, like he's in high school. And it's got Ray Liotta, who plays the, uh, his partner. Liotta. Uh, and, and, and this isn't really a spoiler alert, because it's very clear from the beginning that Ray Liotta is, uh... The crooked cop. In no, no one's gonna watch this. When, no. When uh, really also, the, uh, the greatest thing about it for me was Leota's uh, massive beer belly, uh, which made me feel a, a little bit better. Was about he in Street Kings One? No, no. So Leota is now reduced to straight to video. Oh, he's been sequels. doing straight to video yeah. movies for a while. Yeah. Jesus. Um, this movie actually has some fun shootouts, some uh, fun CGI blood spurts. 
Um, and, uh, you know, if you've got a, a, a hangover you got to recover from on Sunday. I often you know, do. Uh, you, you could do worse. You could do worse. Um, the next uh, crime thriller that went straight to video that I saw is called Gun. What's it called? Gun. Uh, Good enough. Gun. Gun. Uh, it's uh, written by and it stars uh, Fitty Cent. Ah, Fitty. Um, this uh, it's about uh, arms dealing in the hood, uh, guns. Uh, it's got some shootouts. It's got some strippers. I would imagine. Uh, it features uh, uh, supporting. Uh, you know, a second lead is uh, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Oh. Uh, who looks like oh. uh, looks basically like he just consumed Steven Seagal. <laughs> uh, a Seagal, a Seagal burrito. In uh, a breath of fresh air, it's got James Remar, who never, Remar. ever, ever, no matter what he's in, never phones it in. I love Remar. Never phones it in. He's ripping it up, doing a good job. Uh, it's got uh, Danny Trejo, who is uh, always just so wonderful, so good. So Trejo. He's so Trejo. That'd be a good sitcom. He's so Trejo. He's so Trejo. Trejo. <laughs> Um, and, uh, in, uh, what, the movie's only real twist was a casting twist, where suddenly I realized I was watching John Larroquette. <laughs> wow. What? What? Um, I would call that a get. That's a get. That's yeah. what they call that. Um. That's a get out of here, it's Leo. It's a get out of <laughs> here. Uh, it's, a, it, it, it's an amusing, uh, crime thriller. Uh, uh, like Street Kings, got a couple good shootouts. Uh, also, you know, if the hangover doesn't go away by the end of Street Kings 2, by all means, throw on gun. Or just start drinking um, again. The only real disappointment is uh, giving who, who, given who wrote it, um, didn't rhyme. There was no, no rhyming. rhyming. No rhyming. No, didn't that's, rhyme. That's too bad. But other than that, you know, both these movies, ah, eh, eh, eh. Why would it have to rhyme? Because 50 Cent wrote it. Oh, 50 Cent wrote it? He wrote it. Yeah. He, he writes words? <laughs> That don't rhyme. I think maybe it was a rap song that went wrong, and then he just was like, <laughs> he, said, he just oh, couldn't stop. And he, got to, he got to 120 pages and decided to film it. It's a movie. Wow, good job. There it is. All right, let's. Uh, why don't we play a little game? Uh-huh. So I went. Uh, for the, for uh, this podcast game, I went back to science. Science. Uh, I will never not do that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's involuntary at this oh, point. Yeah, I uh, had some long science. conversations with science and uh, came up with this scientific game called Pitch Me. Here's how it works. I will give you the names of uh, three actors, a name of a director, and uh, you will pitch me a movie. Since this is the Chick Flick podcast, it has to be a Chick Flick. Uh, and you have to give me a title and a, and a little little brief synopsis. Um, I will, if, if I like it, well, if I can pass because I'm the all-powerful executive. Sure. I can pass or I can make you an offer, okay? If you think the offer, you can do better, you can opt to shop it around town, okay? If you take that option, then your opponent gets to pitch for that same set of names, um, if I like that pitch more, they get, uh, what I give them. What? Uh, if I don't like it, I'll give you, you know, I'll buy it from you. Uh, you get what for you a want certain to amount of money. Yes. 
Um, but if I don't like theirs as much as yours that you said you can get more money for, then you will get a million dollars because, you know, a bidding war is going to happen. So you get a million bucks. Um, so, uh, it's, it's whoever has the most, uh, money at the end of the game wins. Do we have a, is there a writing utensil? Okay. You'll write it down. Okay. Here we go. Uh, we'll start with Steve Skelton. Yes. You ready, Steve? Yes, I'm, I'm ready. All right. I want you to pitch me a chick flick. Starring Kristen Wiig, John C. Riley, and Jason Statham, as directed by Christopher Nolan. Hmm. All right. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this movie. Uh, Love Circus. <laughs> and, uh-huh. I like the title. Yeah. And um, it is a. Uh, it's a wonderful movie about uh, uh, Kristen Wiig, who is the owner of a traveling circus, and John C. Riley is uh, the uh, the master of ceremonies. And they used to date, but they don't anymore. And they're trying to reconcile the relationship, but it's complicated by the arrival of a new head circus clown, played by Jason Statham, who has a shady background as uh, a European assassin. Hmm. <laughs> I I like it. I I will. Uh, I'm gonna offer you. Um. I'll give you twenty three thousand dollars for to write the script. Will you take it? It's below guild minimum. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't matter. This is old Hollywood. Twenty three. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take. You're taking. He got twenty three thousand dollars. Who directed that? Uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh-huh. All right, you ready, Steve Falk? Yeah. All right. Um, you're, you're each going to get uh, three chances, by the way. I don't know if I said that before. Um, so your chick flick stars Eddie Murphy, Julie Haggerty, and Justin Bieber. And it is directed by Toby Hooper. <laughs> okay, so uh, Eddie Murphy is a uh, rich pop singer. Who gets uh, gets busted for uh, drunk driving, and he has to enroll in the Big Brother Little Brother um, program, and he gets assigned a uh, little brother um, played by uh, Justin Bieber, and um, Julie Haggerty's his um, his uh, caretaker, his caseworker, who basically warns um, Eddie Murphy that this is this is a bad seed. You should not take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Eddie is like, you know. Fuck you, white lady, and and it's actually called fuck you, white lady. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's called white boy. White boy. And um, but he says he's like fuck you know what this little white boy is gonna like you know, fuck it I don't give a shit. So he like you know takes him and hangs out with him, but all his posse starts dying one by one, uh-huh. and he can't free in in very bizarre accidents. But they seem like they could be accidents, you know, like the tour bus runs over them. Um, one of them is electrocuted backstage. <laughs> one bur- one burns alive at uh, at the Meadowlands in a. I, in a I don't um, mean to interrupt your pitch, but where does the chick flick element come into this? I mean, I like it. It's a, it sounds like a fun horror. Oh, show. this is all. These they, are they all. Gotta chick be a, flick? It's got to be a chick flick. Oh, by Toby Hooper. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, and and so he finally goes to Julie Haggerty, and he's like, "I think you're you're the guy, the little spawn, has been uh, killing off my posse." And uh, Julie Haggerty, and he fall in love. <laughs> and Bieber, and Be- and Bieber, for once, 
has a true mother and father role model, and he suddenly stops killing all of Eddie Murphy's posse, <laughs> and they live as a family. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pass. <laughs> I don't have to pass. I kind of like it. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, I feel like that was a really difficult <laughs> cast for a romantic comedy. <laughs> All right, Skelton, you got 23 grand so far. Here you go. Uh, That's my final answer. This is a chick flick, remember? All right. Uh, Gary Cole. All right. Gary Busey. Oh, Christ. And Gary Oldman. And it's directed by F. Gary Gray. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait a second. What? Give me that again. It's your chick flick stars it's a, it's Gary flick. Cole, Gary Busey, and Gary Oldman. It is directed by F. Gary Gray. Wait, what is F. Gary Gray directed? A lot of bad action movies. Oh, man. I have an answer for that. <laughs> okay, okay uh, we'll give him a shot here. Hurry up, I got a good one. <laughs> uh, okay, um, so three Garys. <laughs> The movie's called Three Garys. Uh, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the Three Garys are lifelong bachelors who have all come to the conclusion that their lives are empty and they need to find their true loves. And they uh, team up together to go from uh, bar to bar looking uh, for uh, different women. But... They uh, usually run afoul of uh, bikers and uh, other hooligans because they are constantly going to the wrong bars. Mm-hmm. Give me some money. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't think it's going to get enough women into the audience. Well, I, there's I, no I, women in the cast! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. <laughs> uh, so what do, you, what do you got, Steve Falk? Uh, um, let me hear your pitch. I'm passing on him. I want to hear it. Oh, so there's a, there's a bank robbery, and it's, uh, it's uh, a, a group of women, a group of uh, lady bank robbers. And the three Garys, um, they actually put on wigs and dresses that are, that are kept back in the bank. They all work at the bank. And uh, they, they think, well, if we're women, the lady bank robbers are going to, they'll, they, they, you know, they won't shoot us as hostages. They'll, they'll, they'll like us better. Uh. But they end up in a... Uh, but these ladies and the three Garys dressed as women end up in, uh, in bickering, bickering different scenarios and uh, during which all three fall in love and they end up uh, absconding with the three bank robbers, helping them get out one before the cops in a quick change-like twist. And they all, all six of them, all three couples, go off and, and buy an island and they live happily ever after in a beautiful montage over a uh, credit sequence um, sung by uh, Alanis Morissette. Oh, that's nice. What's it called? Yeah, what's it called? What's the movie called? It's called uh, Gary's and the Ladies. Well, you had it me until the title. It's <laughs> uh, just a working title. That's just a working title. Uh, we'll mark a test. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you 20 grand. You uh, have 20 I'll take grand. it. I'll you have 20 it. grand. All right. Um, so, uh, Steve Falk, uh, your uh, next pitch is a chick flick starring. Are you ready? Yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Julia Roberts okay. and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by Amy Heckerling. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is an old-time rock DJ mm-hmm. at his last station. This is his last gig. It's basically like the last free rock station. He's like the last DJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good title. 
Uh, and the station manager is um, replaced. An old old guy used to be a fucking guitarist with Dio. He gets canned, shit canned for being a drug addict. And they bring in just a corporate ringer from Clear Channel, and that's played by Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Now, Sylvester Stallone was a twin, of course, mm-hmm. and he actually has a, another. He has a, a twin who's also a DJ, but he's a fucking corporate hack. And Julia Roberts brings him over from the big station in uh, in New York to take over the the um, take over the station. And uh, and him and his brother are you know he. Did, Julie Roberts brings him, not knowing that Sly, the actual Sly, the last DJ, mm. is is also a DJ there. So it turns out to be this big brother war. We get a lot of like Sly versus Sly hijinks. You have this the slick corporate Sly and the fucking uh, you know the Venus flytrap, like the old timey rock last DJ Sly. And Julie Roberts, who was already having an affair with the slick corporate Sly, um, also falls for old timey rocker Sly. And falls uh, and falls uh, in a love triangle with the two of them, and also in between her rock roots because she actually really loves old rock and roll. Her dad was actually uh, one of the original Jan and Dean. He was uh, Jan, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she's torn between her, her love of real rock and her love of mm. corporate rock and corporate uh, assets, and they end up all three of them together transforming the station. It's called the Last DJ. It's called the Last DJ. I, 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 I love the title. I it's, actually, a, it's a it's a great it's a great movie. My only concern is uh, there may be too much Stallone to really appeal to women, um, but you've you've done a good pitch. But there's a lot of Julie Roberts, and she smiles a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna offer you eighty seven thousand dollars. I take it. You're taking it. Okay. I actually really like that pitch. That's a good pitch. Um, still, the Stallone element. I'm actually going to go sell that. <laughs> but not with Stallone. Uh, 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 Statham. Yeah. Statham. There you go. Okay. Uh, uh, Steve Skelton, you ready for this? Yes. Okay. I need a chick flick starring Pam Greer, mm-hmm. Gene Hackman, and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and it will be directed <laughs> by Richard Linkletter. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. Uh, what I've got is... Uh, <laughs> how long until the elevator reaches the floor we're going to? Uh, is that the title? It's too long. No, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> Gene Hagman and Clint Eastwood um, are rivals. Mm-hmm. In a retirement community. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice. All right. They're 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 long term friends who've become bitter enemies. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. Pam Greer is uh, the physical therapist that comes to the retirement community to help them with their ailments. Oh, nice. And uh, they uh, a lot of cleavage. A lot of cleavage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of nurse outfits. And she's also black, um, so that's sort yeah. of probably. Yeah, and it, just helping with the it challenges it challenges um, the old man's uh, preconceptions because they both fall in love with her, and they uh, set forth through a series of hijinks at the retirement community to win her affections, mm. um, and it's called Old Man Love. I like this. One. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. If you don't uh, buy it, I'm going to. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna offer you. Um, 
And I'd offer you more, but I really don't like Richard Linklater. <laughs> um, I'm going to offer you. you I'm going to offer you a hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Oh, I'm taking Jesus. that. I'm taking that. Yeah, yeah. Because, because frankly, that's the best possible pitch I can come up with tonight. <laughs> All right, um, and last pitch goes to Steve Falk. You ready? Yeah. This is a chick flick. Okay. It stars John Ratzenberger, <laughs> Skeet Ulrich, and SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> and it is directed by Werner Herzog. Okay, you've kind of screwed him. That's Shh, not fair. The last one was going to be really hard. Come on. He can do it. He's a professional screenwriter. <laughs> What do you got for me? Uh, this is an animated um, romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Nice. I actually, I like that already. Right. No, I like it. I do. Uh, set on uh, Valentine's Day. Of course. It's <laughs> pulling out all the stops. <laughs> and it's a. Uh, it it takes place in the world of um, of turtles. Mm-hmm. And they're turtles. Um, they're on the Galapagos Islands. And these are the famous Galapagos turtles Galapagos who, turtles. Um, they lay their eggs once a year down at the shore, the babies hatch, and they have, oh, they, they're up from shore, the babies hatch, and they have to make it, it's about 50 feet, and the movie is called 50 Feet. Nice. Oh, and they have to make it title. from their eggs where they're laid by the, the mother tortoises or turtles down to the shore where they can then, then swim away and they go and they mature and then they come back and repeat the process. But in, uh, this is true. There's a um, a, a treacherous, treacherous fifty feet because mm. they're first picked off by seagulls, and then they're picked off by ghost crabs. They come out of the. This is true. Right, they right, actually yeah, they grab yeah, them and yeah. take them down. Ghost crabs are terrifying. Ghost crabs are terrifying. And then if they make it to the ocean, they're often picked off by fish who are just waiting there to eat these luscious little leatherback baby turtles. And so it's about three pals: Ratzenberger, Skeet, Skeet and SpongeBob. Um, play, play, played by the voices of those, and uh, it's a really sort of an epic journey. Um, the twist is the first seagull who tries to take them all down is a, a lady, um, a lady, lady, lady. Um, seagull, mm. and she actually she lost her babies um, when she was a young uh, young seagull. She's now um, she's now in her in her late life in her late seagull life. Um, and uh, and she she never had children. She was played by J- Dame Judi Dench, of course. Can you and add, can you add um, actors? She ends up well. I'm just she's she's an, she's an older regal lady, I'll and she ends up and she tries to pick them off. But these three who have band together fight them, fight her off, and she sort of goes away. And then they, they the, the the in the second act there's the ghost crabs and there's a fish. But but she ends up she has a whole sort of parallel story with, with flashbacks on her her life and having lost. And follows her through sort of her seagull life. And she ends up defending, teaming up with these three turtles, her sworn fucking enemies, to let them make it all the way the 50 feet to the water to swim off and become adult tortoises. And the last shot is the three little flappy leatherback turtles. Uh, the one played by Ratzenberger has actually lost a back leg <laughs> in, the, uh, in the climactic um, third act um, uh, gross American tourist scene. I've got tears. i got tears here already. So you see them, and the and and the seagull is swimming above, is flying above them, keeping them all safe, and they go off into the distance to return a year later for the sequel. That's a that's, that's very 50 exciting. Feet. Where I'm sorry, where was SpongeBob? 
SpongeBob is one of the voices. He's one of the voices. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a cartoon's doing a voice of another cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. No, that sounds very Werner Herzog. I think that makes sense. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'll give him the game. I'll give him the game simply I, I, for when he said. And in the second act, there's the ghost crabs. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the I'm gonna give him the Shane Black. I'm gonna give him a million dollars. Oh, million dollars. Million dollars. Are you happy? Are you happy? Unbelievable. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like I should. No, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> it's Hollywood. Yeah. It's no, Hollywood. Go, it's go, Hollywood. Go. Take the if, money. If, if you let him pitch, and I don't like his as much as yours, you'll get ten million dollars. So you can go for ten. Uh, I'm you can re- go for ten. I'm, You've really, got a I'm really tired of pitching. Okay. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, congratulations, Steve. Fun, Fun. thank you. Millionaire screenwriter. That was a that was a very fun game. (laughs) 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 It's time for the bottom five, Uh, and this time it's we're gonna fuck with math a little uh, and have more than a bottom five. It's I'm calling it the bottom five by three. Although you said how many did you have? Oh, I well now I have like eight. You have eight. How many do you have? Thirteen. You have thirteen, but I don't have to use. Well, we'll just I, I, just, I put a big. I just no, put no. a big list. Here's what we're so gonna we do. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do ra- mm. a speed round robin. You start mm. since you have the most. Right. I only have five, so when I run out, it'll be just between you two, and then it'll end with you the, the last few. It is uh, the five chick flicks that you hate the absolute most. So I do five or just one? Just do one at a time. We're All going right. around the table. All right. As fast as possible. Titanic. The Devil Wears Prada. Sex in the City. Pretty Woman. Twilight. Legally Blonde. Bridget Jones' Diary. Beaches. P.S. I Love You. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Titanic. Valentine's Day. What Women Want. Pretty Woman. The Ugly Truth. How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Bride Wars. Kate and Leopold. Made in Manhattan. Coyote Ugly. I'm done. Ever After Enchanted Beaches, You've Got Mail and Anything with Katherine Heigl. There it is, the bottom (laughs) some large number. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And uh, all three of us are going to have a little moment of positivity. What we're going to do is we're going to tell you uh, uh, about a, a chick flick that uh, we like, um, each of us individually, um, that we're a little bit afraid to admit to because maybe it's too much of a chick flick and it threatens our manhood by admitting to it. And I'll, I'll start. I'll bravely go. Uh, and there are a lot that we actually really like. Yeah, no, no, so no, no, this no, is, no, no, no. This, this is, is not the Thelma and Louise When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, it's I not picked those. one that goes way beyond that. Yeah. Oh, what's that, what? baseball one? The League, League of their, their Own. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not ones that are, chick flicks that are great and everybody loves. It's, it's something that you're on the fence. There's no crying. And these might be great movies, but I don't know. Mine is Sliding Doors. With uh, oh, Gwyneth yeah. uh, Paltrow oh, yeah. and John Hanna, um, and it's a uh, kind Very of good. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You just, he called me the F word. Um, that was just <laughs> that was just a comedy bit. I like that. Attention, attention. That was just. I like, a that, yeah, I, I, I like I, that movie a lot. I know dudes aren't supposed to like that movie, but I I, I love its uh, whimsical fairy tale quality, and I also just love the the concept of. You know it's the a, two different choices. It's a great concept. Make. John Hamm is great. Gwyneth is is not annoying and believable in both. And right, it's, right. It's a really cool concept. I yeah, that that's a good movie. Uh, mine uh, is actually Notting Hill. Oh, I actually, oh, wow. um, I think it's Hugh Grant at his uh, most charming. And uh, I usually don't like sort of meta, um, romant, meta Hollywood uh, movies, but I, I actually think it's really charming. It has a great opening and. Um, 
it's pretty successful and, and Ju- Julie Roberts was um, I kind of like I kind of bought her as that character and I like them together so that's that rock and roll I, I'd blow you guys out of the water mine is uh, the 1980 romantic science fiction tragedy film Somewhere in Time starring Christopher oh, Reeve shit. and I Jane like that Seymour movie. that's a good movie and it's a, a movie uh, where Christopher Reeve falls in love with the picture of the uh, old-timey actress Jane Seymour and learns to travel through time through self-hypnosis to meet his true love. And their love is attempted to be thwarted by Christopher Plummer. Uh, who? And if you meet Christopher Plummer, he will always try and do two things to you. He will try and destroy your uh, time-crossed romance, and he will insist that there is no vampire menace. I mean, basically, he's 100% thwarting. He's a thwarter. Yeah, he's a thwarter. He's, he's the thwarter. thwarter. He's the thwarter. But, but the, thing is, like, but the thing is, like, Christopher Reeve is, like, he was this big leading... And, and this is, like, 80s. This is, like, Superman yeah. time. But, so, I, you know, I loved him as Superman. But he's, all, he's, like, Christopher Reeve has such, like, an honest, earnest presence mm-hmm. as an actor mm-hmm. that that's kind of what always drew me into that movie was, like, he's, like... Like I, I believe he self hypnotized himself to travel back in sure, time. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. I love it. So uh, that's our podcast. That's Chick Flicks. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, I've bled for you in the podcast tonight, so I feel pretty proud of myself. Neck blood. I, I have one hundred and seventeen million dollars. <laughs> Or one hundred one million one hundred seventeen thousand to blow. If anyone wants to come over, hang out. I'm buying. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Adam Blau, for the music. Adam Blau. And uh, thank you, pig fans, for being pig fans. We love you. Yay. We do. Especially if you're twenty-one-year-old pretty girls. Yeah. Even if you're forty-five, just keep the pleasantries coming. <laughs> Just make it pleasant. We just, just love us. And we will send you cock shots. We don't care about this old... Yeah. We don't give a shit. They, they, they won't be of our cocks. We know. Oh, no, no. No, other people. We want to sell ourselves. But but feel free. We'll we'll, we'll sex with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> sex. Who wants to sex with We're up for sexting. <laughs> no, but it's a group sex. Group sex. What are you, what are you wearing? <laughs> Show us your boobs. That's how we roll So what do you want guys want to do after the podcast is over? I think we just start riding 50 feet. <laughs> Later. <laughs>